Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. Buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. 
nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. Thanks for having me on. 
Absolutely. And then we have lobbyists, activists, and political strategists. Josh Halavate, how are you, buddy? Fantastic. How are you, Roy? Doing well, man. Um, but, yeah, uh, what, a, uh, what a weekend it has been. Uh, first and foremost, uh, let's get into the headline news topic, the, main, the big topic that everybody's talking about, which is this, this Catholic, these Catholic school kids that were targeted and interrogated over the weekend by a left-wing uh, activist who totally staged this whole event, and the mainstream media pointed the the kids as the as the enemy, as the as the bad as the bad people, and being racist uh, towards this Native American who was a veteran, but he he lied about being being in being in Vietnam. Uh, and he's lied about many other things. And he's been at other events in the past where he's harassed people, especially white Republicans, a lot, a, a lot of Trump supporters. There's been footage of him and photos shown of past events. So it's not like this is a, a brand new occurrence uh, for this guy. You know, uh, this is totally a setup. And, and the fact that the media can run with this, I get it. Uh, you know, they can they push this narrative, the, the victim mentality, you know, uh, the white guy is picking on the, the minority. I mean, it's exactly what the liberal media spins it as. And it's complete garbage. This this Native American veteran approached these kids, started attacking them. Well, not attacking them, but he started interrogating them verbally, beating his drums in their face. And the kid was just standing there. And it was, it was absolutely appalling. And the fact that the liberal media wants to push this on these kids, and now these kids are getting death threats at their, at their high school, for God's sake. They had to close the entire school today because left-wing lunatics are, giving, are sending death threats, saying they're going to come and kill them and stuff. I mean, are you kidding me? This, is, this has gone way, way too far. And this son of a bitch... Uh, Native American guy, but you know, you know, they, people. I respect veterans. Do not get me wrong. I respect veterans, but there are a lot of veterans who have done bad things, and they may. They always say there are situations. I'm not going to say always, but there are situations where these people will do bad things, and then they'll say, "Well, I'm a veteran. I'm, uh, you know, I, I was in the service. You know, just because you're a veteran doesn't mean you're a great person. There's a lot of veterans that beat their wives." I mean, you know, so, so it's just, it's one of those things where this guy pulled that whole card that he's a veteran, he's a victim, he's an old man, he got picked on by white little kid Trump supporters. Give me a break. But let's play this clip uh, by Tucker, and then I'm going to introduce our first guest. But Tucker Carlson really put this into perspective tonight, like as it should have been. I mean, it, this is ridiculous, the way the liberal media is spinning it. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. For a few overheated hours on Saturday, a group of boys from a Catholic high school in Kentucky became the most hated figures in America. Television anchors denounced them as bigots. Journalists with Harvard degrees called them privileged. Republican commentators scolded them as bad Christians. Famous actors suggested they should be hunted down and punched in the face. Some on social media called for them to be killed. The boys stood accused of mocking an elderly Vietnam veteran, an American Indian man, and doing it in the shadow of the Lincoln Memorial. 
Now, the story had no inherent news significance. It didn't mobilize troops or move markets or reopen the government. But as a symbolic event, it's hard to remember a moment more galvanizing in Washington. As they read their Twitter feeds, the leaders of this country were in rare and solemn agreement. These teenage monsters, these remorseless thugs from our backward provinces, are living examples of all that is rotten and immoral about America. That was a consensus on Saturday. Pretty much everybody agreed with it. And then suddenly, the Covington Catholic story exploded, popped like an overfilled balloon animal. New footage of the event emerged, and it turns out the boys never attacked anyone. In fact, they stood in place as others approached and harassed them. People did indeed scream racial epithets at the Lincoln Memorial over the weekend, but it wasn't Catholic kids from Kentucky. Watch. This child molesting priest right there. Right. Let's make America great again. A bunch of child molesting Look at all these dusty cracks with that racist garbage on. Look at these dirty that's right. A bunch of in incest babies. A bunch of babies made out of incest. The biggest terrorist on the face of the earth. Where's your daddy at? Now, whatever wow. it is you just saw on that tape, it does not confirm what they were telling you on Saturday on Twitter. Just the opposite. The official story was a lie. And who knows what would have happened to the boys from Covington Catholic if the tape you just saw had never been posted to the Internet. They'd probably be living under assumed names by now. Instead, the facts exonerated them and implicated their accusers. From brunch tables across Washington, reporters rushed to delete their outraged tweets. Some of them even apologized for passing rash judgment, and good for them. But amazingly, many others pretended that nothing had happened. They didn't acknowledge the new tape. They kept up their original attacks. Being woke means never having to say you're sorry. CNN political analyst Kirsten Powers now says the boys are guilty of both <laughs> disrespecting an indigenous elder. That elder would be Nathan Phillips, the man with the now famous drum. There is growing evidence tonight that Phillips concocted key elements of his story, as well as parts of his own biography, and that he's done it before. The press isn't rushing to find out. Kirsten Powers doesn't seem to care one way or the other. Nor did she explain how precisely the boys disrespected Phillips. Identity politics doesn't concern itself with details like these. It's not about individuals or what actually happened to specific people on a given day. Identity politics is a set of moral judgments about groups. Some groups are always right, no matter what the tape shows. Laura Wagner didn't even bother to look at the tape. Wagner is a reporter at Deadspin that used to be a sports site before the revolution began. In an article last night, Wagner described the boys' behavior at the Lincoln Memorial as, quote, a racially charged frenzy of barely contained violence that was committed by a, quote, frothing mass of MAGA youth, frenzied and yelling and out of control. She went on like this, paragraph after paragraph, and of course anyone who disagrees with that assessment is a racist. Keep in mind as you read that, that there is literally nothing in the record, the documentary record, on tape or in the testimony of anyone to support any of Wagner's claims. Every word is just made up out of nothing. Imagine if someone was writing things like that about your son. At Covington Catholic, classes were canceled today. Thanks to people like Laura Wagner, there were too many threats. Here are two seniors from the school. Several media platforms blatantly lied about the events regarding the controversy in D.C., and it affected us as a community and individuals greatly. There have been many threats 
um, against our lives, against our parents. Some of these threats include um, that we should all be locked in the school and it should be burnt to the ground, um, the school being bombed, uh, school shooting threats. I myself wasn't even present, but I'm very vocal about defending my school and my peers, and I have been doxxed on three separate occasions. There are real consequences for these actions, and it all spews from a 30-second clip taken out of a two-hour video out of context, and people jump into conclusions before the, before the full story is released. <coughs> Nobody did their research, and it's now showing. You'd think somebody at some point in media land would wonder how all of this misreporting is affecting the kids who were falsely accused. But no, there is no sympathy for Covington Catholic in America's newsrooms. In the mind of your average reporter in Washington, these kids are from a different country. Less than that, actually. They're from a hostile country, a place we must subdue for our own safety. That's the attitude, and it may account for the left's embrace of violent rhetoric in the age of Trump. Back more than a year ago, when CNN anchors publicly defended Antifa, it seemed at the time like they might have misspoken. Maybe they didn't know what Antifa was. Now it's clear they knew exactly what Antifa was. A ruling class has told us that they're fine with punching Nazis. Now they've declared they're okay with punching children. How long before they're okay with punching you? Wow. Okay. That's a lot to take in. I, I do, I, I do yeah. need to speak on that. I do need to speak on that. This is, wow, where do I start? Okay, first of all, if you're a like if you're a white Christian or white Jewish or white male that you know is, is anything in today's just, like it's like we're so like Christians are and Catholics. I mean, this is one of the most easiest targets for the liberal mainstream media to make a talking point out of. There's no doubt in my mind that this was orchestrated. This was totally set up. This, like I said earlier in the show, the guy, uh, the Indian uh, veteran, is a known left-wing activist that has been at many different events before and has stirred up the pot with Trump supporters and with other white Republicans. And we heard some of the comments that were going on in the background. I mean, you got black people calling white people crackers. Nobody bats an eye. Oh, but the minute a white person says, says the N-word, everybody loses their shit. I'm so tired of the double standard. Walking around like a white man right now is basically feels like segregation, like the Civil War in the 60s and 70s. Like, it, like it, you can't feel safe. Like, like it literally feels like us white people aren't even first priority in our own country, and we're walking around like the blacks were when they were segregated. And, and, and it's, like the, it's almost as if, because the media is dominated, dominated 97% by the Democratic uh, you know, elites that blacks and other ethnicities are getting the special treatment and the victim, uh, you know, rub and, and us, us people, everyday normal sane citizens are getting punished and we're getting interrogated and yelled at right away. And, you know, if this was a Muslim getting attacked, uh, you know, it'd be a whole different narrative. Uh, but since it's a white Catholic with a, with a kid with a mega hat on uh, that was doing nothing wrong, uh, they, they made something out of, you know, it's so, it just goes to show how dishonest the media is and how they can make something out of anything. Like they can twist it. It's unreal because this is I'm on, I've been on Twitter all weekend and this is constant, constant. Liberals are crying and angry about this and going nuts. 
and it's the video's edited so badly on some of these left-wing sites that it, it, it's not surprising that these liberal voters and, and these left-wing activists are so angry. But if you watch the whole video, you realize that the kids were, did nothing wrong. I mean, it, it was started by these left-wing people and that, and that veteran, the, the, the Native American guy. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, you know, if, if this really just goes to show, and we've known this for the longest time, it, the truth doesn't matter to, to the majority of leftists who push this story. The truth has nothing to do with it. The only thing that matters is pushing the agenda. The, no matter what the actual reality of the situation was, the left has an idea of how the country is, and they have to, quote-unquote, prove it to the people who are more towards the middle. That's what they're trying to prove to the middle voters that this is how America is and the, the Democratic Party is going to fix this. And there's a lot of time – well, to be honest, the Democrat – the way that they, they talk, it's not – they're not talking about real America. Real America is not as racist as they want it to be, is not as misogynistic as they want it to be. So they have to formulate stories like this to match their narrative. And we've seen it before. We, we, see, it, we see it in all kinds of situations. I mean, this is what went, this is what went on with the last day. justice. Well, this was with the last Supreme Justice that was brought up. He was attacked because they needed to fit a narrative. They couldn't just let right. him get in because he was an honest right. man. They had to fit like, a narrative, like, yeah, and we're like going to continue Kavanaugh. to see it. Like they came up with the slogan with Kavanaugh, believe all women. But when Democrats get accused, oh, it's not believe all women. It's, it's innocent until proven guilty. They play the whole double standard. No, absolutely. It doesn't – you know, that's what I'm saying. The truth doesn't matter. It's all about fitting the narrative. It's ter- yeah, it's, it's terrible, though. But you were making a good point. Continue on. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, so the the thing is, when, the question is, when does it stop? Honestly, until the Democratic Party changes to a more rational, you know, JFK type of Democratic yeah. Party, we're going to continue to yeah. see it go in this direction. The only hope, in my personal opinion, that the Democratic Party has in the next eight to ten years is if the Democratic yeah. Party splits into into the rational ones and the irrational ones because to be honest the rational ones agree on the same things that a lot of you and me agree on they just believe on different ways of getting it done the people that are on the far left are really just the left there's democrats and there's the left the left believes in a complete breakdown of america and they don't like anything going on with this country those are the people we have to fight and we have to convince those people that are on the democratic side that are rational to, to start voting, if not, if not Republican, at least in the middle. But they, yeah. we cannot continue to let these, yeah. these leftists just ruin yeah. the party. And, and we got, you know what we have to start doing is holding the left and, and their voters accountable, especially when you have black voters on the left calling us crackers and shit. You can't be saying that shit to us and, and not expect some sort of response. You're gonna if you're gonna dish something, you better be ready to take it back, you know, or, or give it, you know, just get it get it right back in your face. I mean, these the, 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 they go around. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll take put this. Uh, now I'm telling you though, you know, they go around this entitlement on the minorities and all this stuff. It, it's absolutely insane that they go around with a chip on their shoulder and thinking they can talk to whites however they want, 
but when we respond, we're the bad guy, and we're the ones that get you know framed well, and put in the, you know the, in the bad you know spot. The funny, it's terrible. The funny thing about that is that, that we don't care. When they call us racial slurs, right. what, big right. whoop de do Like, what, call us names. We don't care. We're talking about real issues. We're talking about policy. That's what matters. Uh, call, go call, like, what? Fifth gra- that's like fifth grade BS. You know, call people names to hurt our feelings. You're not going to hurt our feelings like that. Go hurt someone else's feelings. Exactly. You know, if, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that's what, you know, and, and this is what we've noticed. And I'm going to introduce my guest here in, in, in a few minutes shortly. Um, but, you know, we're just, we're just finishing up on this. But what I've noticed from, from these left-wing groups and, you know, the, these people, this, this activism crap, it's all it's, – if you really look deeply into it and you think about it, it is no different than terrorism. I'm talking about feminism when they're marching the streets, making all these demands. I'm talking about red for ed. I, you know, the, the, I'm talking about uh, the, the situation with this uh, Native American that attacked these Trump supporters. Um, you know, all of this stuff. I mean, the LGBTQ community, whatever the Q stands for. I, I've, I've lost track. It was LGBT, and then now there's a Q. <laughs> It's just like, what, what, what's, what's going on here? But they all put themselves in boxes, and if you don't agree with them, then you're the racist, you're the Nazi, you're the bigot, you're the bad guy. You know, there, there's no reasoning with these people, and they're always the ones to start hate and anger and violence. But we're the ones to always say, hey, let's have a conversation. Maybe we can talk about this. You know, let, let's be civil. Let's lead with love. Don't lead with, don't lead with hate. You know what I mean? Um, Valerie, go no, ahead. Yeah, Absolutely. Hi. Um, no, I agree with everything that you guys said. Um, and I, I, I wanted to highlight, Rory, what you said about terrorism, because terrorism is violence used for political purposes, and that's exactly yes. what this is. And in my book, um, Backyard Jihad, I talked about the radicalization of the young. And, you know, they, the young are, are deciding, you know, who they are, what do they believe in, and the thing about these particular boys, well, um, they're Christians, so they know who they are. They, they've been taught from their families and from their schools what to believe in. And this whole um, group of people that are shouting at them are, are, the, are the radicals. They've decided that they want to take on the radical side of, um, of the issue and, and, and harass these boys who, you know, who have values. And then they turned around in the media to make these poor boys the vic- the uh, the perpetrators when they're really the victims. And I think this is a pattern we've had for a long time: is what's up is down, and what's down is up. And and it behooves the American people who are listening to your show tonight, Lori, to really yes. think about the news when they when they listen to it and when they read it. Think about where it's coming from, what is the purpose of it, instead of just blankly believing what is being right. said, because um, right. it's just the majority of the time, it's, a, it's lies for political and the scariest, And the scariest part is, and, and I was really thinking about this, this in detail and depth today, like, it is terrifying how the media is 90, 97% of it is controlled by Democrats. That means you only get 3% of honest outlets. No wonder why so many people are brainwashed. It's like we live in a communist country where, uh, 
you know, they pick and choose what we can see and what we can't. And like I've always said, and I've said it for, I said it way before other commentators have said it. Journalists are no longer journalists. They're opinion, it's all opinions. And I've been saying this for three years. I've been saying this ever since Trump started his, his announcement for presidency. I mean, you know, and I've and obviously it was known before, but it's just become more and more of an issue and an epidemic that's just very sick that we can't have honest, factual, straightforward reporting anymore. Uh, Rory, can I you know? interrupt? Yeah, go ahead. I, IQ Rizuli, Middle East observer, uh, Islamic historian, uh, ISIS escapee, political activist, and best-selling author. How are you, my friend? Great to have you here. Good to be with you. Uh, the question that you've been asking, how America will change, the Democrats will never change. The Democrats never. today, so-called Democratic yep. Party, and their supporters, they are the new Nazis. By the way, the Nazis were yep. never right-wing. Everybody yeah, forgets that Nazism stands for the National Socialist German yeah. Workers' Party. That's a leftist yeah. movement, not a rightist movement. Second, yeah. okay. unless and until some American billionaires put together their money and create an alternative to CNN, you're not going to resolve the problem. If I were a Chinese leader or a Russian leader right. today, like Putin and Xi in China, right. I'd be laughing right. my head. America is self-destructing. I'm watching it from Europe. You are, literally you, Americans, are self-destructing. One simple reason. 49% of Americans are brain dead. Am I exaggerating? I'm not exaggerating. Literally, brain dead. Anybody with two brain cells of logic to elect people who are anti-American is unbelievable. For example... You have two new members in the House, uh, Rashida Tlaib, so-called Palestinian, and Ilhan from uh, Somalia. They swore on the Quran. They swore on the Quran, but the Quran is the nemesis of the American Constitution. So they say they are proud Muslims, they are Sharia-compliant, and as Sharia-compliant Muslims, any Muslim who is Sharia-compliant is automatically the eternal and mortal enemy of every human being on the planet who is not a Muslim. Am I exaggerating? The answer is no, not because I can show you 109 verses in the Quran that yep. mandates every Muslim to hate, to slaughter, to plunder, to enslave non-Muslims. Yet, out of 338 million Americans, not a single one, either in the House or in the Senate, stood up and said, this is wrong. Now you tell me what is wrong. You're absolutely right. I want everybody to speak on this. And, Clint, I'm going to introduce you right when we come back from commercial break. But we're going to go to a 30-second break. We'll be right back, folks. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. 
Excellent, excellent. I do want to welcome our next special guest, very popular guy all over the Internet, been doing this for a, a long time, popular radio show host, lobbyist, political consultant, strategist, and activist, Clint Bellows. How are you, man? You were with us last week. Good to have you back. Well, thank you very much, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on with all of you. And, Valerie, I've been trying to picture you from the 80s and uh, uh, back when uh, it was springtime in America and we could see the bear, uh, if you remember that commercial. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Unfortunately, <laughs> as, as, our, as, as the last speaker just articulated extraordinarily well, and I did not catch your name, sir, I, uh, I apologize. IQ. Uh, IQ uh, resume. I would Oh, very good. Okay. I spent a lot of time in Europe on business over the last 30 years and uh, watched it disintegrate uh, before my eyes, even my own native uh, uh, family land of Denmark is is really gone, and uh, they're not coming back. Uh, Germany, uh, I look at Angela Merkel, and I have nothing but contempt for this woman. I and. Uh, Macron is a little boy over there who, who can't figure out uh, what's going on. Uh, but the last the last speaker said a number of things in a very articulate and cool fashion, and that, I think, is going to be the way this war is going to be won uh, because we all know that the other comments made by, by you, Rory, and Josh are exactly correct. We're not going to outscream these people, and they're not – they are not going to change. Uh, they are going to become further indoctrinated. We know that young people are moving further to the left. When you've got groups like Netflix giving uh, Barry and, and the Moose, uh, I'm sorry, Michelle, uh, Michael, $65 million. Michael, the train, oh, uh, Opa, Osama. Whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever she is, she is. Uh, well, her book says it's, becoming. I don't so think it's true. I don't, I, you know what I just uh, say? I just say creatures. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. I can't I, you tell. Know, you know, I don't know, man. It's a strange situation. It's a, the whole thing, and I, I mean, I've talked to some knowledgeable people about it, but that's kind of a distraction. That's kind of like the. That Oswald killed Kennedy. Somebody from that six-four depository but shot let's, him. Let, let's go well, back. Let's go back to something real quick. While while we're talking about this, because this is funny. Like I need to play this clip real quick. And everybody, I don't know if people, everybody's heard this before. And for my audience that hasn't, uh, you guys need to hear this. Where is it? Uh, I just want to finish a point, though, Roy, if you don't mind. I, yeah. Because I. Yeah. I think your last speaker and, and Valerie as well, perhaps there yeah. are a few uh, whiter hairs on our heads than, than you and Josh. And I, I, I look at this situation, and, of course, ultimately it comes down to the younger people in this country uh, kind of carrying the water on this. We haven't done the greatest job of, of uh, leaving the country secure for you. And that disintegration began for me anyway, uh, with Jimmy Carter uh, and the hostage situation and, and the way uh, Carter gave up the Shaw and began a full disruption of the Middle East that didn't have to take place. Reagan did everything he could to kind of hold our own over there for whatever uh, that meant. But Iran grew in, in uh, importance. And then we had the boy wonder, uh, 7 IQ, George W. Bush, who after eight years of Clinton's inaction and turning the other cheek against terrorism, this guy went into what's arguably the most strategic 
blunder in American military and political history. And you, you can agree or disagree with me, other conservatives. Uh, I like the Bush family. I worked for the older Bush in the late 80s and 90s and as a, an advanced man in the early 80s. I like the family, but they are globalists. And the kid was yep. out to get Saddam Hussein because he tried to kill his daddy. Okay. And that's, and I, I understand that completely, but it's very poor foreign policy. And as, as uh, a number of people said, if you break it, you're going to own it. Well, we broke it and we own this mess. And, uh, but the point getting back to where some of us have talked, uh, we've got these people in the Congress. Now they should not even under our constitution be able to take an oath of office on a Sharia Bible. This this country is based on a Western uh, Christ, Judeo-Christian ethic. It's in the Constitution. Sharia law is contrary to every tenet of the Constitution. They are oxymoronic terms, as our as the gentleman said. Uh, and then we've got uh, people of incredibly forty nine percent brain dead. It may be much worse than that. Okay, uh, and and people don't have the energy, the time, or even the inclination to look at what's happening. We're 15, 16 world empires in history. There's only one left. It would be us. We're way ahead of schedule uh, to take ourselves down. We've got so many people that are so interested in every jot and tittle of the Super Bowl that will come up in a couple of weeks, but they have absolutely no idea or even any concern about what's going on in their own country because their reality is living in the United States, taking all the benefits, working hard, being good citizens, but not having any any inkling uh, of what the rest of the world looks like. And uh, we are a self-actualizing group of goal setters and achievers. The rest of the world are animals, uh, and they are out to survive, and they are out to overcome. And the gentleman who indicated anybody who is not a Muslim is an enemy of Islam and uh, and, and we, we can't even come to a point where we read the Koran and believe them. Somebody should have believed Mein Kampf when Hitler wrote it. Uh, they, they did not, and the world paid a great price. Sharia makes uh, Mein Kampf look like a comic book. And uh, we know that at a certain time, if you look at the number of people who have been elected to the Congress, to the Senate, well, not the Senate, but the Congress, to various uh, – state legislatures and local governments by Muslim people, whether they be decent people or not, and I'm not commenting on each and every one of them's character, there are a huge number of Islamic fundamentalists in American government today in virtually every state in the Union. That's not good news for them. And I was, you know, we had Robert Spencer on last week, uh, or the week before, and he was explaining... How, you know, it's, uh, you know, you you brought up a point and and it was, oh, God, what what, what was it? Oh, 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 you know, with the with the Middle East, with what's going on with, you know, um, these rugs that were showing up at the border and with uh, the whole Thomas uh, Jefferson Quran, just just so I can debunk this for everyone real quick. Uh, we, this this is what it was, what he was mentioning. Now I remember this certain point about the Koran is exactly what you were mentioning. Uh, Thomas Jefferson did have a Koran. Yes, that is true, uh, but he never used it. It was basically like having it uh, just as – it's hard to explain, but it, 
he, he never practiced he, he, Islam. Lori, he never he practiced the religion. He wanted to learn about the Barbary pirates. Yes. He wanted okay. to learn about exactly. well, the I'm, I'm, I'm not a radical Islam expert, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank you, Rory. Who are these guys that keep Valerie attacking Drake. us when we didn't do anything? Sorry? Hey, Valerie, you know, uh, when FDR was president and he looked at the specter of the Germans and what we were going to have to do, he, he called in a naval attache out of Berlin who he trusted for some reason. This is an actual man that later became a character in a Herman Woke novel called Winds of War. He called this man yes, and said, what, what do we know about Hitler? And, and this guy said, in the final analysis, we only have to know one thing. And Roosevelt right. said, what is that, Commander? And he said, how to beat him, okay? That's Absolutely. where I think we are right now. And, and, now, and now, so, Clint, there are a lot of Clint, let me ask you. go away. This is important. This is all what you're saying right now. This all goes into what you're saying. Do you think the rugs that were found at the border, and like I said, we were talking about this with Robert Spencer a few weeks ago. Do you think the rugs found at the border are somewhat of an indication of what they're trying to do in London, of taking over the streets and, you know, having this sort of epidemic? I mean, are they creating something that we need to be aware of? Absolutely. I think so, yeah. And uh, I mean, I know, I, know, I know where it stands. I know where it stands right now, but I'm wondering – like the, the way it's going to evolve to like an extreme level where it's going to be out of control. Do you, do you look and see us being the type that London is right now where you have thousands I of them taking the over the street? Point. Absolutely. I think we're at the point right now. Well said. Well said. Exactly. And the reason is because, you know, if you look at the, re, at the um, charter of the Muslim Brotherhood, they have what, what they call the explanatory memorandum. Within that yeah. um, guideline of the purpose yeah. of all of these terrorist organizations, which are under the same umbrella, um, Hamas, right. Hezbollah, Al-Shabaab, all of them yeah. are under the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. And the point of that organization yeah. is to destroy the infidel from within. And just as you gentlemen were speaking about that these two women who were just elected to the House from Minnesota and Michigan, yeah. that's what they're yeah. here for, to destroy yeah. us from within. And they got in, and, and their goal and they is were, to more you, in. They were justifying it. They were justifying it saying, you know, this is Thomas Jefferson. You know, they were trying to make it look like, like a good news story. They were trying to make it look innocent, but we all know that's not the case. We all know, and Valerie, you when you said made that point about why he had the Koran, and that, that's what I was going to get to. It, it was for research, right? I mean, that's pretty much what it was for. Exactly. He wanted to know who are these enemies that keep attacking us and why we, they were unprovoked. We didn't do right. anything. We were trying to be friendly right. to them, and, and they just mm -hmm. attacked us because we were the infidel. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah, absolutely. I want to I want to go to Josh, and then I want to go to IQ, and then I want to um, Clint. I, I, I want to go into this mega hat incident with you two. We got to get into detail about this because I haven't heard your thoughts about it yet. But uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, just to go real briefly so that IQ can go because I know he's got good stuff to say. But you know, this the idea that Islam is a peaceful religion keeps coming up, which is laughable I know. to me because. Yep. Well, the, the biggest reason is if if Islam's such a peaceable religion, tell me tell me why there are groups in the Middle East that bomb mosques. 
legitimate mosques. Right. They're, they're, right. I mean, they're not fake mosques or anything. They're bombing them because they believe that the people inside them are, quote-unquote, fake Muslims. Because you know why? Because they're not being violent towards the, quote-unquote, infidel. They're weak-slash-fake Muslims. That's why they bomb other, you know, other places of worship for, for different Muslims. The real Muslims are the ones that are pursuing the infidel. So, you know, I love that the, the, the leftist media keeps pushing this idea of, you know, there's terrorists and then there's, there's good Muslims. Or, well, listen, there may be Muslims that don't kill people, but guess what? They're not very good Muslims. They're not actually and following they believe, what the Quran says. They all says. read the Quran and they all believe it. You know, whether they, whether they act on the killings or not, you're absolutely right, Josh. They're still believing in the same God and reading the same book. Absolutely. And I mean, many, and many, are, and many are in abject fear as well, I think, worldwide. I think a lot of them are afraid to protest. And so oh, you have kind of a, I think you've got a really uh, one-sided enemy here. And, uh, you know, in World War II, we faced about five or six million Germans and three or four million Japanese. We could be facing 500 million people here. I mean, and, and we're talking in old terms. <laughs> Those kind of weapons, that, that kind of numerology isn't necessary to win. But that's the potential, the United States. You know, this guy named Stein, and his left, is it David Stein, or uh, uh, he's, a, he's, he's been a television news commentator, he's a Canadian, and he wrote a book about 10 or 12 years ago called Alone, and he predicted that the United States within 20 years would stand alone against the rest of the world, uh, which would be essentially – an Islamic fundamentalist uh, caliphate. And uh, I think he is unfortunately being proven correct progressively. Um, what do you think about that, sir? I, I'm talking, I, I'd like to get your opinion on that. Uh, if you don't mind, Rory, I'm, uh, forgive me, I can't help myself. I've got to ask questions. Oh, I love too, it. But... You're, you're, very yeah, you're very insightful. You're very brilliant. You know, you know what you're talking about. But uh, IQ, go ahead. Well, I said it once before on your show. That was a few months ago. But I'm going to repeat yeah. it again. Yeah. The most egregious lies that have ever been insinuated into the human consciousness are Allah is the same as the God of the Bible. I would like you to yeah. take note of everything I'm saying, not because I'm a genius, but I want you to take note so that if you have a better idea to correct me, that Islam is an Abrahamic religion that Muhammad was a prophet, that Islam means peace, that jihad is a spiritual struggle to commune with God, and that the hijab is mandated in the Quran. And last but not least, that the Quran was divinely revealed, thus based entirely upon the Islamic sources. The following are also irrefutable and incontestable. A. Since every Muslim is Sharia compliant, then every Muslim is the eternal and mortal enemy of every non-Muslim human being called kuffar infidels, currently comprising 80% of humanity, Christians, Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, atheists, agnostics, pagans, etc. B, it is impossible for any Muslim to be both a good Muslim and a loyal citizen among non-Muslims kuffar. In less than 90 seconds, I have utterly discredited Muhammad as a prophet and the alleged divine origin of his Quran. And I challenge any listener 
the sum of $200,000 to prove anything I have just said and revealed right. as either wrong or untrue. The, right. To the, well, to the well, Islam, amen, sir, as the gentleman said, we are facing 500 million Muslims. In fact, you are facing 1,500 million Muslims. And it's not only America, by the way. This war against Islam, in fact, it, this war by Islam against the humanity, which started 1,400 years ago, can only yes. be stopped by America, Russia, and China, forget about Europe, colluding together. Why? Because Islam is a threat to China. Islam is a threat to Russia. Islam is a threat to every nation on earth. And you are not facing 1,500 million people on your doorstep. No. These 1,500 million are in the Muslim countries. The ones who are destroying you from within are the ones who are in America, the ones who are in Canada, and the ones who are in Europe. Yes. And you can yes. deal with that also. Why? Very, because very, I, I very say, well said I have. A, I know sorry, people want to get thoughts. i got to go to a 30-second break real quick. We're going to come right back. Stay with us, please. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. All righty, we are back. And uh, who who was just wanted to say something? Was that you, Clint? No, I think Valerie was up next, if my memory. I thought IG was just <laughs> Thank you. Uh, about okay, go ahead, as spot on as anybody I've ever heard. I mean, brilliant and, and simple and no BS, uh, just the facts. And uh, there's no spin on that. Uh, you know, he makes uh, Bill O'Reilly look like a, a, a whirling dervish. Uh, that was right there, and we'd better all adopt IG's philosophy and understanding of this. The sooner the better, because it's rapidly becoming too late if it isn't already. Yeah, Agreed. very well said. And what I wanted to Valerie, add go ahead. is, thank you. What I wanted to add is that those that are coming across the border right now um, are are coming here for a reason, and those that become, you know, these, these, this one of the women that's the Palestinian from uh, from Michigan who was just elected to lab. She yes. is she was born in Detroit. She is Palestinian based on the fact that her parents were from there, but she's American born and bred. And that's what that's the other issue that we have is that if they if you are Sharia compliant, you're if you're a male, you can marry up to four women and the majority of them have, I don't know, eight to ten to fifteen um, children each, so the multiplying effect of of these Sharia compliant uh, Muslims is is increasing our our uh, downfall faster than any other uh, group that we've ever had in our population state. demographics. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 and that and that's it's absolutely it's mind blowing. It really is, and. And, and Clint, I want to I want to go back, and we're going to come back to this obviously this Middle East topic here shortly. Um, I do want to introduce our next guest, but Clint, I'm going to come right back to you. I want to get your thoughts. But uh, economist, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, writer for Town Hall, Newsmax, Live Zet, 
and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, Dr. Michael Busler. How are you? I'm doing well, Roy. How are you doing? It's my pleasure to be here. Very interesting uh, conversation. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody um, has friends uh, from the Muslim faith. Um, I've traveled to the Middle East a few times. I have a colleague um, I've co-authored articles with from uh, University of Kuwait. So I've gotten very friendly uh, with people from, from that part of the world and their culture. Um, the, the, the people I come in contact with um, are much different than the image that we have of, uh, of Muslims. Uh, these are warm, uh, very generous people, very family-oriented, <clears throat> and certainly much, uh, much different than the image that we uh, per, uh, seen, uh, see portrayed um, with all the terrorists and things. Um, so it's it's very interesting that uh, you know things uh, there the the most of the one as I say I've come in contact with are just regular people uh, just like us uh, with the same kinds of uh, feelings that that we have and they're certainly much different than the terrorists we see on uh, so, the news. So, Michael, what I would say to that is I have many Muslim friends in the United States and out as well, um, but that. And they are also very warm, very family-oriented, very kind. And, and I don't yeah. think that this is mutually exclusive. You can be all of those things and be a good friend and still believe in the Sharia law. It's, the whole point yeah. is, to, is, the, is that takfir is to, um, to hide the belief until you're in. That's how they destroy us from within. They can't get in if they're mean and nasty to us. They have to become friends, and it's part of the whole scheme. Um, now, I'm not saying everyone that you've met has that idea in mind, but I know that many of them do. Absolutely yeah, right. You, you, you know what I find uh, very peculiar is um, the, the, the behavior of women. I mean, they're, they're really treated as uh, second-class citizens uh, in, uh, and told what to do, uh, really how to dress. Uh, how to behave, what they're they're allowed to drive or not drive a car, um, and the women just sort of seem to uh, accept that as part of the lifestyle um, of the culture that they're in. Um, you know, based on uh, what I see with uh, women in other parts of the world, particularly the U.S., um, I mean, the American women would never stand for that sort of thing, um, but yet they sort of accept it and uh, agree to live sort of like a second-class citizen. Well, I think you're you know, not free country. And I don't want, I don't want to don't spend too much more time on this. But go ahead. That's Sorry, true, go too. Ahead. There are two if you don't have the freedom to stand up for yourself, that, and, then you're, and you're in an oppressed culture, you have no choice. But I think the Internet and all the, the social media um, is really making a big change, especially in Iran. Yes. The women are yes. starting to come up. You know, they're taking off their hijabs and throwing them onto the trees and saying, fine, arrest me. And, and it's getting out. So I think, I think in the end, uh, social media will, will change all of that. Yeah. We hope. Um, yeah, yeah very, very well said. And um, I, I want to – you know, Clint, I want to go back to you real quick. You know, you, you have your very popular radio show, and it's uh, millions of people listen to it on a daily basis. You're syndicated all over the country. I think you're on over 50 AM radio stations in, in different parts of, uh, you know, of, of the United States, like I said. 
But you've been talking about this mega hat incident with these kids, and I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I, I didn't get your exact, you know, um, input on this because I think we talked about it no. a little bit before you came on the air. But this well, ties into the whole – yeah, it, 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 but it, it ties into the whole bigotry um, situation with all the the crap that the liberals have put us through, uh, you know. And it's 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 one thing after the other. It's like the liberals poke the bear, but when we respond, they're the victim. You know, they start the fights, they start the the violence, they start the hostility, they start the, this these big problems and. You know, we're only there they're to bullies. defend they ourselves or react, and then we look like the bad are, guys, you know? Yeah. They are bullies. So, go ahead, and, uh, it, it, I, 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 I thought you and Josh and Valerie uh, were were excellent on that point. I got on right at the bottom of the hour, and you guys were already talking about it. Um, but what we what it typifies is what's the out game? What's the, what's the end game here? As Stephen Covey, when he writes in – wrote in his great books, he always said, you begin with the end in mind. Well, what is the left's end? Okay. And it is the downfall of capitalism and it is the takeover called Alinskyism or Marxist-Leninism or whatever you call it. It, it is a, a socialist society uh, that has basically gutted its economy and, uh, uh, and, and lives a life of mutual misery, as we know. And I know from my own personal living experience in Hungary and the former Soviet Union, uh, I've heard thousands of stories. I, I don't recall a day I was over there where I didn't hear these stories of what a different place, for example, Budapest is since uh, the Soviets got out. Okay. And, uh, and, so, and, and, and the other thing that happened, of course, was... And they had so many people in the, in the uh, you know, in Hungary, for example, that had sucked up to the Soviets that, uh, you know, there were there were problems. And there still are, by the way, although the Hungarians have shown great courage, I think. And IG, I'd, I'd like your comment on that. But, you know, the, the Central Europeans understand freedom better than Western Europeans do because uh, they've had to live under oppression since the end of the Second World War. But getting back to Kentucky, we have two. Re- and this is not something that's some big uh, revelation to anybody on our panel or really Americans in general. We've been talking about red and blue America for a long time. We now have it in spades and it's across the board. It's in every element of our culture, uh, right down to the food we're eating, whether we should eat uh, something uh, that was made uh, a GMO uh, plant, or we should risk something that might've once, stood in a field right. and blown methane gas out before he became a Big Mac. Uh, you know, we're being told what we can and can't do. We're being sold global warming when just the opposite is really beginning to become apparent again. The whole thing yeah. is just one big propaganda misinformation society, and you keep ramming it and ramming it. You keep running the same play. If you get seven right. yards on first down, you run it again, you run it again, you run it again, you run it again. And, yeah. uh, you know, so – I, I, I think it's a, it's going to be a tough one. I really believe we've got to get uh, we've got to get focused pretty quickly. And I remember hearing Dennis Prager when I introduced him at an event we had back here in the Midwest say he believes in a strange kind of way that God Yahweh, whether you're a Jew or a Christian, uh, has brought about in in the Bible and now some pretty unlikely people to pull 
to pull the people in the right direction, he believes Donald Trump is that man of the hour, as unlikely as it may seem to a lot of people. Uh, he may be our last best hope. Uh, let me ask you this. Where's the next Donald Trump at right now? I mean, uh, he's certainly not in Washington. I don't see him there, do you? Does anybody see another guy who's willing to just say, I don't care if I get reelected or not. I don't care where the chips fall. I'm going to do what's right for the people and the people who elected me and the rest of them be damned. And that's basically what he's saying. And they hate him for it. And they fear that he's going to be successful because he always has been. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'd be, I'd like to get everybody else's take on that. He just moves forward. And um, anyway, that's my opinion. I want to respond, Clint, you know, with everything you just said, and, and, and Dr. Bussler, I'm going to get to you. Um, yeah. But with everything you just said, Clint, it's very interesting because if you really look at everything that's going on with the entitlement, with, with the Women's March this past weekend, oh, my God, these nasty and smelly feminists that are just, they're like the, they're the just grossest <laughs> creatures on the face of the earth. I cannot my God, stand them. I don't want to. I don't even want to get anywhere near them. Their odor—you can smell it from a mile away. And they got all these demands. They got all these, uh, you know, thing. You know, and and we were talking about last week on the show. This is the this. You know, when they talk about women's rights, they're talking about killing babies, and they're talking about oh, give yeah. me free abortion. I want the federal government to pay for my abortion. And, you know, there, there's a Senate – I don't know if it already went through, but there was going to be a Senate bill that was going to go and, and be put through the Senate where federal government would not be responsible anymore for abortion. People would have to pay for it themselves, which I think is, the, is what should happen. If somebody wants an abortion, why should it come out of somebody else's pocket to take care of somebody else's body? Women always say they want to be in charge of their bodies, right? Well, here you go. Here you go. All the entitlement, all this sick stuff, it just goes on and on. And it's Black Lives Matter. It's, you know, all these LGBT uh, transvestite groups that go on the streets and demand that we change the face of Christianity. I mean, it, it, it goes on and on. It, now Democrats demand that we let Muslims in and, you know, we can't insult them. We have to protect them and treat them like humans. Well, I mean, you know, there are good Muslims, but at the same time, when you're saying that about the bad ones, too, I mean, all the whole politics and, you know, the, the, the enabling of MS-13, the enabling of illegal immigrants, you know, staying in our country. When Democrats said, you know, a couple of years ago before Trump was in there that we need to pr- protect our borders. But since it's Trump, they don't want to give him his biggest campaign promise. It's just I'm so tired of it all. I could go on and on and on. And just the Democrats yesterday on Martin Luther King Day, they multiple of them, especially some of them that are running for president, take time out of their day during their speech to call Trump a racist, to call Trump, you know, these things and say MLK would be ashamed of this man. Really? Martin Luther King was a conservative and Democrats never want to admit it. They never want to admit that Martin Luther King was a conservative, and one of the reasons he was killed is because he, he would not follow some of the Democratic orders. And we all know what the Democratic Party was like 
back in that day. I mean, they founded the KKK, plantation, slavery, you know, you name it. I mean, they did these, and these were the people that, uh, you know, Martin Luther King fought well, against, yeah. the Democrats. Well, you know, just a quick parenthetical comment. Trump was called the Grand Wizard today of 1600 yep. Pennsylvania Avenue by one of the black members of the Black Caucus uh, in the House. Whatever the hell his name is, Akeem something. He's probably another Muslim. Is yes. Yes. He, uh, we talked about that on my radio show today, the, the Grand Wizard of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So I, it's, 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 it's ludicrous, and it would be funny if it wasn't so serious. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's beyond. So I guess you know, this guy never knew, never knew Senator Robert Byrd from West Virginia. <laughs> exactly. There Valerie. you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Dr. He was Gansler, your thoughts on all this. Yeah. Well, it's we're Dr. in a real Bustle transition and tipping point. So. Yeah. Dr. Bustler, go Rory, ahead. I just wish you'd get more fired up about things. You're just not exhibiting enough passion to <laughs> this program. I really, I think you need to liven up a little bit. You know, um, um, I tell you, Rory. Yeah. I tell you, Rory. I was going to say, um, a, a lot of this uh, move to the left, uh, far left of the Democratic Party, and what's even a little more alarming are some of the surveys uh, showing millennials. Um, uh, tend to favor socialism uh, over <laughs> capitalism. Um, and you were just talking about uh, 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 all these and entitlements. Please, and if I, interject, if I may sure. interject real quick, I, I want you to continue. But it's amazing to me, and it blows my mind. They want socialism so bad, but they see what happens with Venezuela. And when you bring that up to them, they're like, oh, no, this, in America, this is a different type of socialism. No, it's not. Socialism right. is socialism. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So um, all of this is very alarming. And the the talk about maybe Donald Trump is the, the last man standing who can really stop this. Uh, um, and there's certainly uh, a lot of arguments for for that. Um, but, you, you know, uh, now I, I come from an economics background, so I, I try to look at why uh, people would tend to go along with this. Um, people that are uh, intelligent people, why would they go along with this knowing that it really is not, it's not quite right? Um, I think a lot of it has to do um, with the fact that our economy uh, has performed so poorly for two decades. As I've said on the, on the show before, we haven't had a 4% annual growth since the year 2000. Prior to Trump getting in, we didn't have a 3% annual growth since the year 2005. Now, we will have it. The number will be out next week. Uh, we will, for the, the year in 2018, have greater than 3% economic growth. Um, and Trump is concentrating on, on getting more growth. Well, the problem is, for two decades, without having growth, it means there's not a lot of opportunity to go around. So you see people uh, dropping out of the, the workforce, um, with a, nothing to do, uh, and because there's only a small amount of opportunity, the people at the top do fairly well. Everybody else doesn't get much opportunity. So suddenly somebody comes along and says, hey, look, everybody else is, uh, look at these people doing it well, and you you have nothing. You know, vote for me. I'm socialism. I'm going to make sure you have as much yeah. as they do. I'm going to make sure you yeah. have uh, the best health care for free. I'm going to make sure you have the best best education for free. Um, I'm going to give you everything you need so you're going to get as much as, as they have. That becomes very appealing 
to people who haven't had much for a while. So how do you fix all this? And I think Trump is doing it. You get that economic growth up way above 3%, maybe to 4% or better, and Americans start to see what prosperity feels like again. And then all this talk, I think, of socialism and taking everything to the left will start to uh, die down. Yeah, and you know what's You're sickening, right. and I want to bring and I want to bring this up, and I did not talk about this a little bit ago, but Planned Parenthood made 1.67 billion with a B dollars in revenue last year. Again, that is 1.67 billion in revenue, and would you they're call doing that nothing. Inc., by the way, Rory, would you call that Murder Inc. to use an old expression? Uh, the world's largest uh, yeah, abortion yeah, yeah, provider I mean, it's paid no, it's for no, by the U.S. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It, it's murder. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. I mean, the fact that Planned Parenthood can make one, in revenue $1.67 billion a year to kill innocent lives, and we already know who Planned Parenthood targets the most. It's the, the less fortunate, the minority communities. And, you know, there's the abortion rate <laughs> in the black community is astronomically high and it's sad. Um, and you know, that's their form. A lot of them, their form of birth control. Cause you know, they can't, you know, they just go get, it's crazy. And then you have, you know, the Hispanics, uh, you know, that keep coming over to America and having kids. And then, you know, it happens with every race though. You have what, you know, all these different people, even, even white people can't even have all these different kids and, and they, they're so irresponsible and, you know, I'm just saying, this is my point. You know, if you can't, if you can't be responsible, if you can't be responsible, you know, don't have intercourse. Don't have intercourse if you can't be responsible. This should not be happening. These abortions are a lot of times, and I'm not going to say all the time because there are exceptions like rape and stuff like that. But a lot of these abortions can be prevented with protected sex with females and males acting more responsible. We could be saving a lot of lives and avoiding a lot of this if, if people uh, would actually wake up uh, more often and not be as risky and reckless in their personal life. And, it, and, this, and this is something that, you know, Planned Parenthood, uh, I mean, they, all this money, all the things that they have done, it's this evilness. And, you know, uh, they want to bring a bill forward, I know the Republicans do, to defund Planned Parenthood, which, quite frankly, I think would be very logical and would save us so much money, uh, as well as stop having the federal government pay for abortions. That's another thing the Senate wants to bring to the table. But, you know, Dr. Bussler, you're an economist. Uh, explain and kind of elaborate, you know, if you had to give an estimate how much money we could save out of all this, if this actually did go through. Yeah, it certainly is a lot. You know, I saw an, another figure today. I, I thought it said that, uh, Planned Parenthood um, performed 337,000 abortions last year. Yeah. I mean, that's just yep. a, a, I'm, I'm fairly sure that's, that's what the number is. Um, you you is know, this, this is, a, that is yeah, this uh, is, um, that's, Tulsa, that's Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, it's uh, Bakersfield, California. It's Albuquerque, New Mexico. Just to yeah. put it in some perspective, roughly. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it, it, it's not supposed to be using taxpayer money to to do this. Of that 1.7 billion that 
uh, Planned Parenthood took in in revenue, about a third of that comes from the, the federal government. Uh, so it's you and I that are paying about a third of the revenue that uh, Planned, Planned Parenthood gets, and they are performing large numbers of abortions. Now, let me let me also say something else. I remember when I was back in college, um, yeah. all of the girls there kind of relied on Planned Parenthood uh, for yeah. their contraception. So there's certainly some good things Planned Parenthood, I know, used to do. Uh, now they've turned into pretty much an abortion mill. Um, so, so I, getting rid of them completely, I, I know most women are going to not favor that. I don't think because there, there is some good things that Planned Parenthood at least used to do. Um, but clearly using all this taxpayer money to, uh, to fund abortions is not what's supposed to be happening. And what I'm seeing at this women's March this past week is weekend is absolutely disgusting. You have these smelly, gross, a repulsive feminist walking around saying, I've had all these abortions and I'm proud of it. Like they take so much pride in having abortions. These women are evil. They are, they are disgusting creatures and they are not human. They're from a different planet. And it's absolutely beyond re- I can't even put it into words how sick to my stomach these nasty. Uh, God, I could go on and on. I think you're doing I, I'm going to control my French, though. I'm going to control my French. <laughs> Um, but you know what I did like this past weekend is Donald Trump addressed uh, the March for Life walk, which happened the day before the Women's March, and President Trump promised that he would veto any pro-abortion bill. So President Trump right. promises to continue to be the most pro-life president and to veto anything that uh, says abortion that comes to his desk. Um, Josh, let's go to you. Yeah, you know, this This is kind of my issue, in all honesty. You know, when you list lobbyists in my, uh, in my description, I mean, this is pretty much the only thing that I lobby for. Um, you know, it, the, you said it, Rory, when you were talking. It really all has to do with the word responsibility when it comes to, to this issue. You know, it, if people would be more responsible, we wouldn't need abortion. We wouldn't need, you know, we wouldn't need Planned Parenthood. Obviously, people are not responsible. We prove, you know, even you and I prove that every day that we make poor decisions at times. But here's the deal, you know, religion doesn't matter. Your a woman's choice doesn't matter. Nothing matters. This, the only question that matters is, is it a life or is it not? If it's not a life, if it's just a lump of cells, a fetus, then you can do whatever you want with it. And I'm, you know, that's an argument that you can make. But if it is which I believe it is, if it is a life, it has to be protected. It doesn't matter if it has come about because of rape or incest or, you know, just a one-night stand that, you know, the, the correct contraceptive, contraceptive wasn't used. If it's a life, which I believe it is, it has to be protected under any circumstance. And the, the fact that, and, you know, you were talking about how these, these people are, are, you know, are, are evil, when here in Ohio, the bill that I lobby for is the heartbeat bill. Here in Ohio, the uh, the, the yeah. people that formed the protest against us, they they the last time we were there, they wore the leader of them wore a short uh, a shirt that said a, a abortion witch, um, as well as I, I actually stumbled onto their social media, and their social media mm-hmm. has pictures of them with with demonic temples in their houses, with. I mean, I mean, like the whole nine yards of 
of satanic BS. I mean, this isn't, I used to think that the, the enemy was just people who disagreed with me, but the, the, the right. people, at least in Ohio that actually push for uh, against the bill that we're pushing forward are legitimate Satanists. So right. I mean, this it, is what we're, this is what we're battling with. Right. And he, here's what's, here's what's mind blowing. And everybody you know, agrees with me on this. When you go to these women's marches, and you're a conservative, there were conservative women getting attacked by these liberal women over the weekend. There were conservative women that showed up to these marches, you know, just trying to have some conversations and, you know, talk, talk differences. But these leftist, uh, liberal, feminist creatures uh, don't, don't want to listen to anybody. And, you know, it's either their way or the highway. And like I said earlier in the show, it's amazing how us conservatives are so open-minded to having a conversation with people about political differences rather than screaming at them and, and not accomplishing anything. And, you know, it's so, it's so funny how they're quick, they're, the, the left is so quick to call conservatives bigots when we're the ones that are the most open-minded. Uh, the liberals are the ones that are the biggest because if you don't agree with them, the, the, the fight starts or they call you a Nazi or they call, call you a racist. Just like when they lose an argument with you. I mean, they have, they have no rationale. I mean, their logic is so off point. And something else that really made me sick, and everybody needs to hear this when we're talking about this whole abortion thing, Mayor de Blasio out of New York, I think this was last week or something, he signed a bill. Oh, no, it wasn't de Blasio. Was it de Blasio? No, it was Cuomo. Governor Cuomo out of New York signed a bill basically saying you can get an abortion up until like the last couple days, which I felt sick to my stomach even reading the headline. I didn't read I, – I couldn't even – oh, my God. I, does everybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you, you know, Rory, I, I, I was going to say, Rory, I wanted to add one thing, especially uh, considering what Josh said. Um, if uh, you believe that uh, uh, after conception you have a, a, a life, then the life needs – protection and there's an argument there so the question is at what point do we believe it becomes a, a life is it right at conception because um, there you have two very little tiny things getting together there and it's hard to believe some people would argue that that is a, a life at that point uh, so at what point do you think it actually becomes a life um, certainly <laughs> my daughter's pregnant and um i saw a an ultrasound done at 13 weeks uh and they have now 3d ultrasounds i saw a picture and there was some there was a baby in there that looked like a human being at at 13 weeks uh so um at what point do we consider it a life that needs protection i think that's what the the big question is certainly uh governor kumo uh, signing, allowing this up till the, the ninth week is uh, is terrible. Um, as I said, it, by it, the thirteenth week, you can see it's a it's a, a, a human being. Um, by the ninth month, I mean you have a, a, a life that can thrive outside the, the womb. Um, and in that case, I don't think there's any argument for allowing an uh, abortion at that point. Yeah, I, I do want to. I do. That. Yeah, go ahead. I, go ahead, uh, Josh. I, I was just going to oh, yeah. say that, uh, among other things, in these late, late third trimester abortions, sometimes this little boy or girl puts up a fight and gets through the birth canal and gets out onto the table still alive, and the doctors butcher it on the table. Okay? I've seen hmm. the evidence. That's murder. 
And if you and it doesn't take a whole lot of intellect to look at the latest evidence, the photographic evidence, uh, after only a few days of, of uh, what that so-called fetus can understand in terms of heat, cold, uh, things that it, it finds pleasant, things that it shies away from, it is a human being early on. And we have the science now and the photography now, as you mentioned, sir, with your daughter, to see what we're talking about. And you don't have to wait till 13 weeks to do it. So there's no rationale. There's no excuse. It's murder. And, you know, if we believe in God, let me put my intersection of faith and hat on for a moment, whether you're a Jew, a Christian, whatever, you believe in a higher power, you believe in the creation, you believe uh, <laughs> that this isn't just some random thing that happens. Um, what does God think of a country, okay, which he does not respect, by the way. God is not a respecter of nations. That's also scriptural. Uh, he's given us an awful lot of breaks, I think largely because we have supported Israel, okay? I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Uh, I think he's uh, pretty tired of the program here. And uh, I think uh, much of what we've had, the conservatives might view as bad luck, uh, with respect to elected officials and the press and everything else, is basically God, forgive me, withdrawing his favor uh, gradually from this country and, and praying and, and, and crying out that he hopes will come back to him. And abortion is, uh, and, and child pornography and pedophilia, these things are anathema. They are, they are abominations, folks, and I'm not some fundamentalist uh, preacher right. in Tennessee somewhere screaming I'm I'm a I grew up Presbyterian I'm about as liberal in terms of my education as anybody from law school and the other places I've been these are people we're talking about and if seven million dead Jews in uh, World War II is a holocaust what are 75 million dead people what what word do we use for that and when you and here here's the interesting part about this whole thing when you confront Democrats that say they're religious, whether they're Catholic, whether they're Jewish, whether they're, you know, whatever they are, Presbyterian, um, you, know, uh, you know, Baptist, whatever it may be, how can they condone abortion and, and still go to church and believe what they believe and live a lie? They're contradicting, contradicting their own actions. It's disgraceful. It's like you can't be a Democrat and pro-abortion and then be for the faith that you say you're for because it, it doesn't go together. It really doesn't. Um, Josh, I know you were saying something in the background. You wanted to respond. Yeah, you know, two, two quick points here. First off, abortion up to the point of birth still is in the Democratic platform. So that's what every yep. Democrat is supposed to, when they run, they're supposed to support the idea of abortion all the way up to the point of birth. So that's just, I mean, that's just the way it is. They have, they have not stepped back from that. Um, and Dr. Bustler, to respond to your, your point of, you know, where we can make the cutoff kind of, one of the, way, the things that um, in, in Ohio, and this is also a federal bill, the heartbeat bill, the idea is that, you know, right now it's viability, and we're making the case that viability is, is an outdated um, way of thinking. We prefer the idea of heartbeat. Heartbeat is something that 
scientifically across the board is when someone passes out on the floor or you see a body laying there, you go and check for a pulse. Um, you know, this is something that everyone not only understands, but it's scientifically backed. And that would, it would cut the time if our bill would ever pass and, you know, obviously be upheld by the courts, it would lower, uh, currently it would lower the, the age um, to be aborted to about six to nine weeks. Um, but we think, we personally think that heartbeat is a good way to go because even though we believe in conception, heartbeat is something that people understand. It actually, it's got, it actually 55% of Democrats in, in a poll that we took, I can't remember who produced the poll, uh, but 55%, 55% of Democrats actually said that they were for the idea of heartbeat being the marker. So I think we have some foot there. We passed it in a couple states. Um, we've been dealing with Kasich here in Ohio that keeps vetoing it because we all know what his standing is. Um, no. He's not exactly a, a Republican really at all. He's a, he's the definition of a rhino. Give him another poor boy sandwich. Oh my goodness. I don't even want to talk. You know, just bake the damn he cupcakes is what he said. Also. He reminds me exactly of uh, Jeff Blake. Him and Jeff Blake are exactly alike. Oh, well, well, you I know think what he's worse Trump, than Jeff Blake. You know Blake, what Trump but... said about, about Kasich, don't you? Don't you, uh, Rory, when they were campaigning against each other, and they somebody asked Trump, "What do you think of Kasich?" He says, "I've never seen anybody eat that much on a campaign in my life." He's either having a four boy sandwich <laughs> or deep dish pizza, and uh, you remember, know, son of the mailman. I guess he's carrying one around his pocket. My, and then he says, "My son Baron wakes up and he says, Daddy, why is this guy eating so sloppy on the TV?'" And, and and Donald said something like, "Oh, Baron, don't look, don't look at this guy. Don't this, he's bad manners." <laughs> Basic, my guy. It's hilarious, I tell you. But I, um, I do want to go to a quick commercial man. break. I don't know. Oh man. Everybody, everybody, stick around. I do have to go to commercial break quickly. Um, I'm going to introduce my my next guest right when we come back. But Valerie, your final thoughts on this? Well, I'm thinking a lot about um, the date that, that you know, it's, a, it's hard to have a cutoff. If, if it's not a conception, then I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the next best thing would be the heart rate, the heartbeat. Um, and in the Jewish religion, we believe that the soul goes into the body around the 40th day. And once you have a soul and a heartbeat, it's hard to say that that's not, you know, that's not a human I don't know. I mean, to me, a soul and a heartbeat, that's it. I mean, there's not much more yep. that you can say that it is not alive. Um, and yep. that actually is around the same time period. It's, you know, the heartbeats between, you know, I think there's, I had seven or eight weeks, nine weeks, something in there. And I, the, heart, the 40th day is around the same time. So it's a very, very hmm. tough subject. Um, very, very well said. As well as, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. I know you got to go to commercial. We do, go, we go do got to go to a quick break. Because I am on a timer, but we'll be right back in like 40 seconds. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. 
All righty, we are back, and I do. I'm glad everybody's still on the line. I want to welcome our next special guest, very popular guy, uh, popular talk show host, entrepreneur, political activist, and freedom fighter, Will Johnson. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me again, Rory. Absolutely. I love having you on, man. You're always a pleasure. You know, you and I are good friends, and, uh, you know, I love what you're doing. You know, you're a, you're a true patriot. And uh, you're really doing a lot of great stuff. And correct me if I'm wrong, you were over at the uh, great Blexit uh, event this past weekend in California. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, that is the Black Exit event, which was held by, uh, I believe, Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA, right? Yes, uh, Candace Owens. And it's Blexit. It is for, it actually was originally for uh, the black exodus from the Democrat Party, but it has become the black Latino exit from the Democrat Party. Right. Cool. Right. And that's, yeah, and that's exactly what, it, yeah, I, I was saying. So it's all, it's, it's a group, which I love, and it's getting so much attention, um, especially after Kanye came out. All these people that are getting off the Democratic plantation, blacks, Hispanics, you know, they're realizing that these the left wing has always used them as a political pawn and only for votes, only for gain. You know, the Republicans are the ones that freed them. The Republicans are the ones that care about them. The Republicans are the ones that want to put them back to work. But what do the Democrats want to do? They want to bait them with free stuff. They want to make them lazy. They want to give them welfare. They want to, you know, make it all so, you know, taxpayers take care of them. I mean, they, that's not the American dream. And more and more people in the black community are waking up and are realizing that they're being used by these Democrats. It's terrible. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's terrible. And, you know, to go back to what you were talking about earlier, um, the way the Democrats are doing this, it goes hand in hand. The Democrats are the ones, the main ones pushing for Planned Parenthood and the, yep. the killing of the babies. The, the Democrats have been killing black people from the beginning of their, the existence of the the beginning oh, well, of the Democrat Party. They've been killing yep, black yep. people. Not only black people, but you know what? Today, the year 2019, their target now is white, they're mm-hmm. white people. White people is the new target for the Democrat KKK Party. So, but, yep. you know, to talk about the, the abortion of when a child is conceived and, and how the left and is saying that is... Will, Will, just to remind you real quick, before you came on the air, I announced how much Planned Parenthood made this year in revenue. It's $1.67 billion, with a B, they made in revenue this year off giving abortion. It's, cra- it's insane. Yeah, I heard you say that. You know, they, but the left, they're always saying that it's not even human. Could someone please tell me, maybe I missed this in biology, that yeah. if it's human tissue in the human body, how is it not human? Amen. I missed that and, part. And you what, know, for me, yeah, because they're constantly you know, saying that. So say, what did I miss? And they always say they believe in science. They always say they're these big science believers, the left, and which is great. But if you believed in science, then why is Yale University offering students a third gender option? Why are these colleges, these high-end Ivy League schools now, offering third gender options? That was just announced today. That's another part of the Democratic platform. Have all these different genders. Make people think that they are a, a unicorn when in reality they're, they're a five-foot-two, you know, small person. I don't know. I, I, you know, 
<laughs> some guy is 60 years old and, uh, you know, he identifies as a 40-year-old. I, I've read so much crazy stuff. I read a guy that uh, thought he was uh, – I, I just don't even want to go into some of the things I've read, but the way that is orchestrated. <laughs> You know, hey, wait a minute. Are you telling me, Rory? Hey, Rory, I got to ask you: Is it wrong for a sixty-year-old guy to want to be a forty-year-old? Come on now. No, no I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. But, <laughs> but there was actually an article that a guy that said there. No, there was an article that's a guy that's sixty or seventy, and he said he identifies as forty, and he was actually being serious and there was this whole article about it he wanted to get his license changed and everything and i mean this guy just went completely off the rails and then there was somebody uh that thought they were a oh god there was one that was just blew my mind it was a white guy that thought he was an a female hispanic princess <laughs> I, I just why, why i'm not, not making this stuff up guys guys i'm not making this stuff up i promise like this, the stuff i've heard is absolutely mind-blowing We've got a United States senator that's one seven hundred fourteen thousandth uh, Iroquois Indian, and uh, you know, <laughs> been able to, at least we think she is. <laughs> so, and and you know, and, so, and Will, and Will, you go around, you know, clowning on this stuff and making fun of this stuff with the, the third gender thing. What do you think about this kind of stuff? Like in Yale University, Yale. I mean, a third gender, and this is going to be an epidemic. This is going to keep happening. You know what? This is just proof for me, and I, I'm not—I can't speak for anybody else, but this is proof <laughs> for me that we're that we are living in the end times. And the reason yeah, why I say that is because what is down is now up, and what was wrong is now right. And and then what's really mm-hmm. amazing about all of it <laughs> is if I say that if I say that this is you know this is up. And and the left come and say no, this is actually down because I feel that it's down. They would demonize me because I said up is up. I mean, this, the the insanity of this world that we're living in is unbelievable. And for us, it's like you know, it's kind, it, it is comical. I'm, I'm, it is comical, but at the same time, it's horrifying because people have fixed their minds to believe yeah. and like the lie. Yeah, and, and look at you know look at. Somebody, somebody talked. I don't think somebody was talking. I thought I heard somebody talking. But you know, Will, you're, you're absolutely right. You bring up a phenomenal point. And let let let's go into some examples here. So Twitter's been censoring people like crazy, especially conservatives, and they've been blocking people's accounts. They've been. Uh, you know, taking people offline, taking away freedom of speech, but you have the people that were threatening these Catholic kids over the weekend on Twitter, and Twitter still hasn't taken their thing down, which is such a double standard, like I said before. We all know that a liberal can say anything on social media and, and not suffer the consequences, and it's the same thing when, when, when the Antifa acts. The, the left-wing media will back them up, but when a conservative is involved with any sort of scruffle or defending themselves in any way or giving any sort of point on social media, they're immediately blacklisted and painted as the bad guy. And you've been attacked. You've been attacked. You know what it's like. You know what it's like to be in these Catholic kids' 
a situation where having left-wing activists come up to you for no reason when, when you're just trying to have a conversation? I've seen some of the videos you've been in. Yeah, you know what? That's that's part of the reason why I speak out and I do what I do and I go out here and I put so much on the line, not only just, you know, career-wise, but life is if we don't do anything now and if we don't start speaking up about it now, five years, probably even less than five years, five years from now, America is not going to be the America that we want to live in. Because the Democrats, if they get their way, they're going to impeach the president, and never, ever again will this country ever have another decent president like Donald J. Trump. See, they believe Donald J. Trump was a mistake. So they're trying to make up all these excuses on why or how he became president, the fake dossier, the whole Russia collusion, and, and, and Colin saying that Trump told him this. And what if it's true? If we don't start doing something dramatic, right. I'm not, and I'm not talking right. about being violent, but I'm talking about as right. American people, if we don't start doing something dramatic to get people to realize the state that we're in, we're not going to have America right. that we want to live in. And there, you know, well what's, you know what's blowing my mind is how the left is filling people's heads with the mega hats or the new white hood. The mega hat, they want to ban mega hats now. There's a Democrat that's going to bring the legislation, uh, something that will ban people from wearing mega hats, making it illegal. And I'm just like, are you really have this much time on your hands? You really are going to be this petty? What about, I mean, wearing, a, what about wearing a pink vagina on your head? Should that be banned too, or should we allow that? Absolutely. I've, those, those, I've, those I've never seen something that pink before in my be life, by the way, but. Okay. Those sm- wow. Hey, those smell those smelly pussy hats should be banned. They should be banned <laughs> and thrown in a dumpster. And, and seriously, those things should be gone. And the fact that they enable that sort of crap is beside me. And you know, I'll tell you this. You know, you bring up a great point too, Will, with with the media coverage uh, of Trump and how they you know spin stuff. And other people are bringing this up earlier, including myself. But there was a study that was revealed by a left-wing polling company that 90% of Trump coverage was negative in 2018. They spinned it some way or the other, the the mainstream media, to make Trump look bad. And, you know, just look at what's going on at the border. You just had another report today that migrants are breaking the border gates in Mexico. Oh, but you don't see the Democrats talking about that. Oh, Democrats want open borders. They don't. They don't think anything is bad going on. They don't. They don't care that people are coming in and murdering our people, raping our women. Uh, you know all this bullshit. I'm tired of it. You know. Tell us how you really feel. Um, yeah. Don't don't, don't <laughs> uh, hold Josh, back. <laughs> Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Rory, I, I think you made some good points. I think everybody else on the line did, too. As, you know, especially in regards to the idea that a, a, a hat is the new white hood that says, make America great again. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I understand how people could dislike the policy and the person uh, or the party behind that hat and its meaning. But the idea that you would be saying that the a slogan that says "Make America Great Again" 
is the new is the new white hood, the new KKK. Uh, is that absurd to anybody else on this call? I mean, the idea that wanting to make America great again, it's not saying make America white again or make America racist again. It's not saying any of those things. It's saying make America great again. Everyone should be behind that statement. Now, whether or not they support the person, the policy, or the party, that's a complete different question. But the, the fact that people are hating on that statement and that hat so much is not only absurd, but it's childish, just the fact that they would dislike that idea. And we had to deal with hope and change, very little hope and very little change from the Muslim Barack Hussein Osama, the Kenyan native, which I can't stand that guy, but um, you're absolutely right, Josh. You bring up a very good point. Um, you know, there's no doubt about it that, uh, that this is well, this is just the Democrats trying to cover up their white Roy, guilt. To, to, to add on to that, if the Democrats are smart, instead of pushing back on the slogan, they they mm-hmm. should be saying, "Well, hold on now." We're the ones that are going to make America great again, or we're going to keep making it great. That's what they should have done. But no, they decided to put, push back versus the most pro-American slogan that was, has basically ever been created. I, the idea that they would push back against that instead of using it, yep. I, they could have easily twisted it for their own personal gain. But they're so uh, right. irrational that they decided to push back against the idea of making America great. It's, I mean, it's just complete foolishness. It's all it's all politics. Hey, IQ, we haven't heard from you in a while, and you're you're an expert about a lot of this stuff. I mean, you you escaped ISIS. You know you you know all about the Middle East. You know what communism looks like. You know how they're trying to bring it to America in so many different ways, not just with Islam, but with feminism, with all these different genders, with all this different political correctness, so on, so on. IQ, are you there? I am with you. Okay, the go ahead. Yeah, go started, ahead. I know you have thoughts. The problem with America started with your education system. We discussed many times the way to destroy America was to destroy her through her children. Who said that? Khrushchev said that. Who said that before him? Hitler said that. So your education system created generation after generation of clueless, anti-American, anti-patriotic American citizens. So the millennials that you have are really the 49% who are dead, brain dead. Donald Trump cannot do it on his own. Donald Trump can only do it with Americans supporting him. So if you're not supporting him, you know, by literally going out and demonstrating that you support him, uh, he can't, for, he can't uh, fulfill his promises. He can't do it alone. What do you think? Oh, well, he, well mm-hmm. Dr. Butler, you know, you, you work on college campuses. You're an economist. You witness this sort of behavior, you know, probably, you know, somewhat often. I know you said it's not as often as some of the bigger Very universities, often. but all this, all this different third gender stuff, and, and, and all these different liberal professors. And I was just thinking to myself the other day, a really interesting thought. The way the education system has evolved and turned into something that is so bad, and the reason that is, I'll tell you, a lot of these Ivy League schools have socialist 
professors teaching these students. I'm not, you know, obviously these universities, uh, especially like a lot of these Ivy League schools are mostly Democrat and they have been for a long time. But in today's society, it's to the extreme with the, the communist agenda that they are teaching these kids. And, you know, and I say, regardless of how good of a school you go to, it's all about the professors that are teaching you. Uh, it's not about, you know, so much the school anymore. I mean, you've got so many misleading professors at these universities these days. Am I right? Yeah, yeah it's exactly right. Um, uh, most professors that I think most universities today are extremely uh, liberal. Uh, I know at the university where I teach, there's uh, 330-some faculty members. Um, I think I found two other ones that share my views. Uh, so by far, the majority is liberal. You know, I get a little bit angry uh, at my colleagues uh, because what we're supposed to be teaching in college primarily is critical thinking skills. And the idea is uh, for any issue like this, um, if a professor is doing the job they're supposed to be doing, they should be presenting both sides of every argument. Um, and uh, we make sure that the students have the proper skills then to evaluate each side of the argument and to see which one makes the most sense to them. Instead, as you noted, so, so what faculty saying, members are real, pushing real quick, a very liberal agenda. Real quick, what you're saying, I want you to finish, but what you're saying, in other words, is a lot of these professors are going off their biases and their own opinions and teaching it to these students rather than what's right and what's the truth. Right, and they present their own biases and their opinions uh, not as opinions, but as the way things are and the, the right way to be thinking about things uh, and not uh, allowing the students um, the uh, uh, time uh, to uh, evaluate these things themselves to come up with their own uh, answers. Um, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I often say, um, I think the students are getting gypped here. You know, we're supposed to be providing them education that gives uh, information for a bunch of different views. And then we're supposed to be able to teach them how to think about it so you can come up with what they believe is the right conclusion. By forcing these ideas on them, and especially, um, obviously, ideologically, I don't agree with any of the ideas that are being pushed on them. I think you're doing them a great disservice and ultimately a great disservice to the country. That's not the way education is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a free uh, exchange of ideas, and both sides of every argument should be presented, especially in a democracy uh, where we should yeah. welcome healthy debate. And we've lost right. the whole concept of healthy debate. Now it's uh, take my way or that's it. You, you know, um, the, the, when you go into a um, uh, negotiation with somebody who has much different views than you, but you go in with the idea of trying to come up with solutions for problems, you should enter a negotiation like that with the intent that you want to seek a solution to the problem. Instead, especially the Democrats, they're going into these, pro these negotiations, instead of trying to seek a solution, they're constantly trying to sell a position. And if you right. both sides go in trying to sell a position, you'll never come up with common well. ground. That's the problem. Right, they're very, looking, very and well. I've been, 
I've been saying that forever, Clint. I, I want to let you. I want to let you talk. I want to let you talk, Clint. But real quick, if I must. Oh. Um. I've been, you know, for forever. I've been. I've been saying that, you know, the Democrats create problems. So on their campaign trail, you know, they have something to talk about. They have a talking point. They have an agenda. You know, and they can give to their voters, their sheep, some sort of, you know, delusional and, and un. Uh, realistic solution. I'm not saying it doesn't happen with both parties, but more often with the Democrats. But Clint, I definitely want your feedback with all of this. I mean, this is, you know, you have a very popular radio show, millions of listeners. Um, so you talk, you know, you know all about this stuff. Well, I, I haven't heard it put any, I've heard some great thinking tonight, thank God. Uh, and what I just heard Dr. Bob say is exactly right. I think one of the last bastions of Marxist Leninism and socialism and Alinskyism and all the other isms is the academy in America. And uh, we support that with tax dollars and with uh, uh, hard-earned tuition dollars and foundational and grant money. Uh, many of the big foundations are so far left, they, you know, they'd have to look to the right to see uh, anything. Uh, and, and, and there is no critical thinking. The only, if, you know, you go to law school, I don't know what that's like. I did that 40 years ago. And, uh, that was an exercise in analytical thinking. Uh, critical thinking is to, as you say, enter a negotiation with some uh, hope of consensus. And that's why I think mm -hmm. Trump does so well behind the scenes and the, it's driving them crazy. He's able to come up with things, for example, with Kim O'Soul. You know, I mean, I, I don't know whether any of those agreements will hold up or any of the promises will hold up. But he entered a process of negotiation. He didn't simply say nothing can happen here. He said, I'll talk to anybody. Uh, and, that, and I believe that that is part of why he's talking to, to Putin and Zing and everybody else. There's no percentage in not talking to them. And uh, the only people we can find in the world probably who won't negotiate with the president are the rhinos in Washington, which, you know, you know, uh, Paul Ryan, to me, is one of the all-time great disappointments in the history of the Speakership of the House of Representatives. If you remember when Trump was elected, he was supposed to be the next superstar of the Republican Party. He did do a good job on, on the health care bill, getting a package over to the Senate where it failed because of McCain and a couple of others. Other than that, I can't think of a single accomplished, major accomplishment or major area of uh, support for the president that the Speaker had uh, he quit nine months before his job was over. He just stayed on as a lame duck. And then, of course, we've got the Democrats. And when you've got somebody like, let's say, a Maxine Waters, she could take a course from you, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, on critical thinking or economics or a whole bunch of things. Uh, you know, and I watched her rise to the top of the political cream when I lived in Los Angeles. And uh, she stood on the, the, the roof of a savings and loan while the city was burning down after the Rodney King verdict. Uh, she built her political bones on a lot of that, and all she talks about is impeaching Donald Trump. The first three bills uh, suggested out of the Democratic caucus were impeach the president. Uh, what was the second one? Uh, stop the border wall. And the third one was give, uh, uh, I think, $12 billion in foreign aid to countries that basically oppose our best interests. Nothing at all about the wall, about security, about anything that has to do with uh, protecting the American middle class. And uh, so that tells you what their priorities are. And Nancy Pelosi is, you know, I got such a big kick out of, 
out of uh, uh, Mr. Johnson's uh, uh, you know, storming the walls, kind of like John Wayne in the Alamo, you know. And uh, yeah. uh, I, 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 I probably thought about that nine times in the last week, and it, it just bring. I've looked up what her house looks like, and uh, you know, I mean. Uh, uh, she's not yeah. suffering, that's for sure. And when Trump said, "You know what? You're going to fly. You're going to fly commercial if you go to Afghanistan," and they don't right. have a hundred thousand dollars worth of booze on that airplane, so you're going to have to, you know, rough it a little bit, Nancy. Sorry, uh, but um, you know, I, I think we, that the comments were, were, and I think IG said this. I think everybody touched on it. Uh, we're losing our kids, okay? And that, you know, Netflix signs a deal and they pay the Obamas sixty million dollars to talk to your, you don't hear Mighty Mouse or Fury or Popeye on Saturday mornings. You hear Barry and Moose uh, talking about why they, you know, you you really need a level playing field and, uh, you know, why go out and risk anything? Why put anything on the line? Why achieve anything when you could probably make more dough sitting back and taking a government dole? And uh, and that's where this thing is going to be lost. And forgive my, uh, forgive my pontificating, but that's that's how I see it. you're good. We do right now. We do have on the line, and I know I know he wants to say a few things um, before before I introduced him. Uh, everybody, stay on. But uh, Valerie, any thoughts? Actually, well, I've been listening to this um, conversation for a little bit. You know, I'm thinking. I have four boys, and I'm thinking about my children. And you know, if I spend fifty grand a year to send them to college to become <laughs> completely yeah. the opposite of what I spent so yep. up 25 years teaching them i might as well hand them over a check for 50 grand and say go start your exactly. own business and, right. and they'll and learn it, probably more and they won't get yep. brainwashed and they won't run for office and spend time with nancy pelosi or anybody on the outside <laughs> they'll just you it's know a great idea i mean i think that we've got a lot of values that are so messed up i'm trying to figure out how do we save our children within this structure that we've been talking about Will, jo- Will Johnson, go ahead. Then I'm going to introduce leaders of blacks for Trump. But Will Johnson, go ahead. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with her statement about the colleges today, and that's exactly what's happened. I actually have a young daughter that's just started going to college herself, and she she's being pre- – well, I'm, I guess I'm blessed because I speak out the way I do, and I go to the – like I just went to the Women's March in L.A., and she can see how crazy they are and how all the attacks that I get just simply because of who I am. So I guess in that sense, she sees how the professors are trying to be, and she'll tell me about it. So I guess I'm fortunate right. for that. So, very, very, yeah, I mean, yeah, very if you well raise somebody that's strong enough in their, in their intellect and in their heart to stand up, then that's really helpful you know, to change other people in the university system. But if you have somebody that is going to change, I think it depends on the child. Right. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I do want to welcome a very special guest, a very popular guy, all all over the headline news, always sitting behind Trump at the rallies, leader of Blacks for Trump. Michael, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's great to have you here. What's what's going on? What's on the agenda? Hello? What do you what do you been, what have you been up to lately? Well, I've just been going to a bunch of rallies. I'm going to a rally tomorrow to protest against the Palestinian um, 
evil woman that called our president, uh, MF her. So Laura Loomer and a whole bunch of us are going to go out there and in support of a teacher that's standing against those nuts. And so we're going to go out there and um, I might be throwing a few bombshells at her because I decided. Careful with that word. <laughs> no, I. You have to be careful. I don't have to be careful. I'm black to Trump, and I, I like being like Trump. That's what our white Republican brothers need to all be, like Trump. You know, you say he has a small thing, he calls you a horse face. You say he said the word in or nigger, he calls you a dog. Immediate response. When that's how I am, I immediately respond to you. You, you act crazy, I act crazy with you. Because um, we don't have to apologize for our positions because we are absolutely correct and biblically correct. So I'm not ashamed. If, you know, I, well, we have to remember we just got to get the independence on our side. We don't need nothing else. And they're going to only come to us once they realize that blacks and whites are in unity or blacks for Trump is with President Trump. Because that's all they fear is race war. And it's not going to be a race war. What it's going to be is they're going to purge these evil people from among us who are called demon crack Confederate rebel bastards from hell, and we're going to get rid of them, get them out of the way, stop them from controlling and running our school. You know, the hippies and the and the baby boomers—they're running the college campuses. So the millennials are, are brainwashed by them, and all of them are brainwashed by the Democrats into believing that the black man is going to get retribution and kill all white people. And so they're so afraid of that that they vote Democrat as independent. When, when if they voted with the Republicans, we could never lose. But because they believe we want retribution, they panic and vote themselves into slavery. So I know the way to get rid of that is they have to see me standing behind Trump because I represent what they Surely fear. Uh, they fear a black man that might or would cause a race war. And then when they go to, when they see me standing behind Trump, I'm the only one Trump allowed behind him with the dot com. So when they go to my site, the first thing I say is there will not be a race war. God said if we fight, he's going to kill everybody by fire. And they call my radio. And, and say, oh, Michael, you're even not going to die. What it, and what you is know, that so, site, Michael, for everybody that doesn't know your site, tell everybody. Gods2.com, that's Gods, G-O-D-S, the number two, dot com, not T-W-O, the number two, Gods2.com. And on that site, I explain to the independents, because all white people have to remember that you're 76% of the electorate. The problem is that the independents are 58% of that 76%, and they are the swing vote. They are the decision makers. That's why they were able to predict that Hillary was going to win. They just miscalculated one little thing, that a black man, that's what they consider a real black man, me and some of my brothers standing behind Trump. That miscalculation threw all of their polls off because now the independents were not afraid to go ahead on and vote for their best interest instead of being afraid of war. Now they, they go ahead on and vote the right way. And that's how we win. Just go after the independents and take your kids away from those baby boomers 
and, and teach them yourselves. Like the lady said, you know, just put, take them, uh, give them money and let them start their own business. Going, going over there, they go, they go to school and come back and call mommy and daddy idiots because they've been taught by those people to think that they're the gods and that they're the only ones that have the way. And they come back and I, we lose our legacy because our children go to work for them. Instead of working for us to keep our legacy up, and it's insane we're giving right. ourselves over to slavery to these dogs. So um, no, I'm I hear you. Calling, very, very um, well said, Michael. Michael, very, very well said. Uh, we do, we do got to, we do got to run uh, here shortly. Uh, but I do want to, I do want to thank you, um, w- Will. Um, you got any questions for Michael? No, uh, I guess one question: When are you going to be in California? Oh um, my! Well, I don't know because you know I, I. Oh, I know I am. I know I'm going to be to California for the Grammys because I go to all the big events just to uh, get under their skin and walk on the red carpet because I know a bunch of the stars. <laughs> a lot of people know that all the stars love black for Trump. So, hey, uh, hey but, Michael, Will was just at yeah. uh, Will. Will was just at Blexit uh, over in L.A. Will John, you know Will Johnson. He was just at Blexit with Candace Owens and. Brandon Tatum and all those guys, all those people. What did you say about? What, are you, what did you ask me about them? No, I said no, he was telling you Johnson. that. I, it, it, go ahead, Will. He was telling you that oh, I was at Blexit in L.A. with Candace Owens. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and like, so that was like it was Candace. pretty good. Okay, that's beautiful. I, I like Blexit. I like everything. That's, uh, that's turning us against the Democrat Confederate rebels. I'm for all of that. I, see, I don't want nothing, so they can't get me to argue because I was at an event tonight with a brother that used to be with Candace Owens, but he seems yeah. to be upset with Candace. And, and I told him, I said, brother, don't, don't get upset. Just keep building. Keep building. Just get on it. We don't have time to fight amongst each other. We got we to gotta win 2020 or die. Absolutely. That's what it is, 2020. Mike, I do got to let you go, but I do want to thank you for calling in. Tell everybody where they can find you. Gods2.com. G-O-D-S, okay, number2.com. All right, buddy. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Leaders of Blackford Trump, Michael. Michael, great man, great man. Uh, he's doing a lot, doing a lot. Uh, but uh, Will Johnson, um, Tell everybody where they can find you. You know, my motto is is that we are in trouble in this country, and we need to uniteamericafirst.com. That is uniteamericafirst.com. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, everybody on the line, let's take a, few, a moment of silence for, and give glory and, and, and such, you know, you know, just, just have so much um, – Amazing gratitude for uh, President Trump's first two years in office, which was just the anniversary the other day, and uh, a moment of silence also for Martin Luther King's Martin Luther King Day yesterday, which is always a huge, significant day every year and important. And uh, he did so much for our history, and uh, you know, just uh, and and Trump, you know, the two-year anniversary of Trump, two-year anniversary of Trump is just unbelievable. I mean, it's miraculous. He can't even put it into words. Uh, everything he's done. I mean, this guy is more than just a human Trump. I mean, this guy is a miracle worker. He's a, uh, 
of uh, a religious, I mean, character. I mean, it goes it goes beyond just human. This guy was born with something that uh, is so profound that uh, it's just it's not nobody can do what he can do. I mean, it's unreal. But God bless him. I God bless him. And uh, you know, like I said before on the show, over seventy percent of his agenda fulfilled within the first two years. Again, that's over 70%, 7-0. Most presidents, after they leave office, don't even fulfill 10% of their agenda. I mean, this guy, every single day, delivering a new promise for us. God bless him, man. God bless him. When have we ever seen a president do this? Never. This is, this is, this is amazing. This is, what a time to be alive. I couldn't ask for a better time to be alive. I mean, this is, this is the best of the best. But, Will, thank you, and we'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Take care. All right, man. Will Johnson, everybody. Uh, Dr. Bustler, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, My Twitter is at... My page is called Funding Democracy. So... Facebook.com forward slash funding democracy, or if you're on your Facebook page, just search funding democracy. And in 30 seconds, in 30 seconds, make it quick, though, please. We're winning the trade war with China, right? Don't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Trump uh, did exactly the right thing. Um, He forced them to come to the table. He said, if you're not going to negotiate. when we talked back in the early part of the, about a year ago now. Um, yeah. And uh, China's coming to the table. Uh, China's economy is really hurting. They don't give you accurate yep. data, so it's hard to tell exactly how much, but it's hurting. It's going to force them to the table. I think before summer, they'll have a deal with uh, China and probably something before March 1st deadline. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Bustler. Always All a right. pleasure having you. We'll have you back soon. Take care. Thank you. Uh, Clint Bellows, always a pleasure having you on. Please tell everybody where they can find you. We will have you as a regular. We'll have you back on every week. Well, thank you. That's very kind. I'm at 1420kotk.com right now. My Facebook page is Clint Bellows. My Twitter account is Bellows Unplugged. Uh, I haven't done much with Twitter lately. I've been busy watching the president, but uh, I'm in the process of uh, – transitioning from a terrestrial uh, radio uh, slot at Salem into more of a uh, a blog-based slash satellite radio, internet radio uh, business that we've created. And uh, so I'll be uh, uh, updating people on that as we go. But uh, it's a good time for change. And, uh, you know, we the Bible says seven years is a great time to change. And we needed about 24 with with Bubba and – W and, uh, and Barry, but uh, we finally got yeah. to a place where we actually have a, a man, uh, a post-pubescent man in the White House, and uh, uh, I, I think uh, that may God protect him and his family yep. from harm. Absolutely, way. we need to pray. We need to pray for the president. And uh, Rory, we need Amen. more twenty-eight-year-old geniuses like you out there. We need many more. But I, I have great faith in the young people of this country. I really do. I, I think uh, I predictions of doom are, are very, uh, are I very premature. That, I appreciate that, Clint. 
Clint, we are on a time clock. I do got to let you go. The show's about to be gotta over. Go. But I'll let you stay on. I'll let you stay on until we're over. But Josh, go ahead. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, just give me a follow on Instagram if you may at J O S H H L A V A T Y. Thank you, Roy. Yeah, absolutely. And just to mention with uh, Clint, uh, you have millions of listeners on your radio show. So everybody, you'll, you know, uh, tune into his radio show. It's fantastic. He's been around for many, many years. And IQ, tell everybody where they can find you. Very simple. Just Google my name, Al Rasuli, A L R A S O L I. Excellent. And uh, where they can find your book, where your book is? On Amazon. Lifting the Veil, the True Faces of Muhammad and Islam. It's a trilogy. Wonderful. Excellent. Well, God, well, God bless all of you, and uh, I'll have you all back very God soon. God bless you. Take Thank care, you guys. for having me. Absolutely. I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. So many great guests. So many great topics addressed and established. Um, I want to thank all my special guests, uh, co-hosts, audience, and sponsors. Uh, we have a huge agenda and big show for you tomorrow night, which I can't wait to uh, share with you. But everyone, uh, thank you for all tuning in once again. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Again, you can find us on all platforms online. We're on over 40 different online platforms. Type in the Rory Sodder Show on Google and you'll find us everywhere. Also, please visit our new media site that we're doing some work to still, but it's up and going. TheNextGenUSA.com. Again, that's TheNextGenUSA.com. Also visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Again, that's TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. And also... Cheers.